Animation fans, and welcome to another iAnimate podcast. I'm your host, Larry Vasquez, and you're listening to episode 92. In this episode, we have Harvey Newman joining us. Harvey has been working in the games industry for about 18 years. Um, He started out as a game tester, eventually the animator, as well as animation director. He's launched such AAA titles as Battlefield, Crisis 3, and Star Wars Battlefront. Um, it was a really neat opportunity to talk with Harvey, uh, talk about his journey, um, how he kind of got into it a little bit later, and um, it was just, a, a, like I said, a cool opportunity to pick his brain about animation, his teaching style, and what he's enjoying in this field. Check it out. Well, Harvey, um, I really, really appreciate your time and joining us in this podcast. I know uh, you mentioned you're in Edinburgh um, and time differences here, but it's been able to work things out, so I really appreciate you joining us on this podcast, man. Oh, man, pleasure to be here, man. Like you guys have been doing such a brilliant job uh, interviewing other animators and I've been learning a lot from like the podcast you've been doing. So I hope I can... all right. All right. Well, yeah, I'd seen you, I think on social media and I thought, man, we need to reach out to you. And then you were one of our instructors and stuff. So I think this is going to be kind of a cool um, yeah. opportunity to talk about both what you've been doing in the in the games industry, as well as now teaching here at iAnimate. Um, but I, I always like to kind of go back and see, okay, how did you get into this art form? You know, is this something that from a young age or is this something that um, yeah. someone kind of introduced you later or how, how did you come into this, uh, this arena? Well, yeah, it's a funny story because I'm not the type of animator that I actually wanted to do it since uh, a young child. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I actually started with illustration. So like at around 14 years old, uh, my cousin and I used to like read comics a lot. Okay. And um, yeah, around a specific point of time, 93, 95, I want to say, um, Image Comics, which, you know, yeah, yeah. Those, uh-huh. yeah, so it was the foundation of Image. And I remember perfectly that I was reading comics like just maybe six months or a year before then. And Marvel at that point had Jim Lee and Todd McFarlane and all these other artists that are super big nowadays and used to be back back then. And, and uh, yeah, it was a bit of a revolution at that point because Image Comics just went, we're going to do our own thing and we're going to create our own universe and each comic is going to be a, its own universe. And, and everybody was just like over the moon. So I, I fell in love with the art form of illustration, but also like how much comics meant at that specific time, right? So then I it just like dove in super, super hard on trying to learn illustration. And that was me until I was about 21. Okay. And uh, up to that uh, point, I fully thought I was going to be an, uh, an illustrator, comic illustrator. It's like, this is going to be me. That's yeah. it. I'm done. Um, I came to find out that, you know, if you actually work to go that route, you actually are freelancing all the time. Mm. And uh, at that point in time, I came to London and uh, I kind of had to have money because I was incredibly broke. I could not even think about freelancing at that point. I was like, I need to find a full-time gig. So the only thing that came to my mind that was as close as illustration that I could actually enjoy was the sequential art of animation, right? And, and then I, thought, I started thinking, maybe I can actually have a degree here or something like that. And, you know, I was kind of lucky because just that year, 2003, um, the, some universities in London started trying having a bachelor's in animation. Okay. Um, but we're all guinea pigs because, you know, we didn't really get to know, learn a lot about animation. We right. just learned about Maya and the software and stuff. It was three years. We got to learn about Maya, the software, rigging as well, modeling. 
nothing about animation. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and uh, yeah, by the by the end, I spent three years fully thinking that this is going to be my, my way into getting to creative industry that pays me money and all that stuff while being desperate. I was at that point, I was serving tables and I was like working as a kitchen porter and all kinds of stuff. Um, and uh, yeah, I couldn't I couldn't really um, find anything. Three years went past. Halfway through those three years, um, I actually met Jason Ryan. Oh, did you? Very cool. I did. I did. <laughs> so this is the connection with anime. This is why I'm, I'm happy to be here because here's what happened. Um, at that point in time, Jason Ryan had some uh, newsletters. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he had some newsletters and uh, he had his uh, JRA kind of like series. The and webinars and stuff. Webinar. Was this the tutorials at that time or was it the webinars? It was the webinars before. Okay. The yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it was actually really interesting because he basically said in all his newsletters, if you have any questions, email me. Uh-huh. And uh, I was so desperate at that point in time. I was like, <laughs> I'm going to email, email him my questions because I don't know who to ask. I don't know any other animators and stuff. And, um, and yeah, he replied. He That's replied. A, yeah. Jason's a great guy. Jason is amazing. And uh, he basically, he must have seen how desperate I was. He did, uh, he did say, you know, do you have anything artistic that I can see so I can see your level? Because I, I didn't have animations. And um, I showed him, my, um, I showed him my, my illustrations that I had at the time, you know. And, and I guess he saw something on them. And he just said, like, you know, Harvey, just take it easy. Like, I'll give you reviews. I'll you know, give you feedback. It's okay. You're going to make it. Just take it easy. It's <laughs> That's awesome. Time. And then, you know, ensued about nearly two years of him kind of like back and forth emails, you know, showing my work and learning how to animate. That's um, wonderful. So, so you were doing the, the webinars as well following that? I was, I was actually trying to do the webinars, but I, I was too broke to do the webinars. Gotcha, so gotcha, gotcha. Doing, but I was looking at any videos or any tutorials that he had. And he just got started on those tutorials at that point in time, yeah. right? Which then expanded into animate. Yeah. Know? Yep. This would probably have been, I think the webinars were about 2008, if I remember correctly, 2007, 2008. That's right. Yeah, yeah. exactly. 708, something like that. Yeah. yeah that's basically okay. when. So yeah. he was just helping you out, giving you input and reviews and stuff like that, huh? Exactly. That's I so was, cool, man. That is so cool. That's it. And <laughs> I was I was working QA at that point throughout the whole that that whole experience as well. So you know I was falling in love with games through QA and then animation as well through Jason. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah, just like one thing led to another, and and then here I am. Like, that's a, that's you know, amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's been quite a while. <laughs> so now, okay, so you said you moved to London. Where are you originally from, Edinburgh? No, no, I'm actually so. I lived here in the in the UK most of my life. Twenty two years has been okay. now, but I was born in Portugal and I lived between Portugal, Spain, and the UK. Oh, very yeah. cool! My life, yeah, that's so, awesome. Yeah, okay, do hablas español? Hablo español. Ah, sí. Okay, <laughs> I'm learning it. I'm learning Spanish right now. So, oh, nice. Yeah. Good accent. Comes out fluent. Comes oh, out fluent. awesome. Very cool. That's good yeah. to know. My vocabulary is still a little, little low here, but um, if I sound authentic, maybe I can get by one more. Yeah, you can. You can. 100%. <laughs> awesome, man. That's very cool. Yeah. Um, so now, what did you get? You said you're doing QA at that time. Mm-hmm. And where was that at? Yeah, so I was doing QA. I started uh, in, you know, uh, for those that don't know, like there is a process of certification when games are finished. Mm-hmm. They they have to actually submit. Uh, it's basically a bible that Microsoft and Sony have that 
studios have to fulfill and they have to go through a bunch of rules and stuff about you know this amount of bugs and this amount of things and does it connect online and if it does all these things so i was working for microsoft uh through a company called vmc and we were basically testing different games every week okay um which was a lot of fun it was a whole, a whole lot of fun but um that's how i got introduced to qa so this was pretty much at the, at the same time that i started studying universe uh, animation i thought i was going to be able to actually do qa full-time uh work full-time and then study full-time gotcha towards like the last year the third year of my bachelor's i had to drop um qa i had to do just you know studying to finish up to finish up because I, i didn't want to repeat the year or anything like that but you gotcha. know i ended up with a with a bachelor's with a degree with a honors which was great very cool um but um but yeah like then i actually started working at sega because after i finished you know that period that i was just talking about that i couldn't find a job in animation right um i had to find a job full time and then um i finally found a job at uh, doing qa for sega uh, full time for quite a few years okay um so i tested quite a few games that i'm really proud of you know the people were amazing still have some of my best friends there very cool um and uh yeah i kind of like developed uh, like I had the curiosity for games after that point because then you become like a an expert of games not only do you play them fast but then you start to see similarities and things that work well things that don't work well and if you gotcha. would have done it this way so the game designer in me started coming out kicking right? in huh yeah exactly that's very cool because that's what I was actually thinking I'm thinking if you're playing games all the time now when you go to start developing them yourself and that's what Rick I was trying to get him on this podcast he's just swamped um yeah. but he calls it you know you're not so much a Uh, game animator as much as your game developer or something like that I forget exactly because he's going you're developing the game you're animating it documented. to develop it but you go uh, and I, I just kind of a quick little note here I checked out your uh, reel and mm-hmm. one of the things that really stood out to me I think it was on the fable um, you had some gameplay with the guy that uh, looked like he was in a kind of a yeah. garb brawler and the, yeah. and the transitions with that were just amazing and I, that yeah. usually you don't get a lot of that or as solidly sometimes in games because you, the response time right yeah and that looks so clean and i go i can see right. where your years of playing and game testing would now enhance that what you're looking for when you're developing completely, completely. you know what's best and this is exactly why because to get to that level it requires a lot of iteration and this is what like gameplay animation is all about and it catches a lot of young animators by surprise right mm. um like film and vfx is iteration in terms of animation quality right right but games is all about implementation sometimes you have to hack certain things no anticipations things like that in order to make it work in game and long as long as it looks good in game when you press the buttons and all that stuff then your job as an animator is really well done but behind the scenes it can be quite ugly in terms of getting those things to intertwine depending gotcha. on the game depending on like the tech that you have and things like that so because i spend so much time in qa you spend a lot of time thinking about what do people want whenever they get their hands in this game because me as qa as a player i wanted to actually have certain feeling about get, about the game gotcha. right? in order for me to love the game because if you invest so much time in a game you better have a really good experience from beginning to end in order to get that good feel, right? Yeah. So in the back of my mind is always that, like thinking about, does this feel good? Would I be able to do this for 60 hours plus? Gotcha. And not be tired. Gotcha. So, no, that's yeah. great. Yeah, you're looking at it from a the uh, gamer standpoint versus just right. an animator. And now how do I implement that as an animator? Completely. Completely. Yeah, yeah. very, very cool. Yeah. So now yeah. you 
been a couple years you said at Microsoft and then how long were you at uh, Sega? At Sega, I was four, four years at Sega. Okay. Uh, That's kind of hard not to say the name Sega without thinking about the old school where they're like, Sega. Sega. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. When I first heard myself say it, I was, that's the first thing it reminded me of. Yeah. To to me, it actually reminds me of that Sega, you know, like the the one that they had. (laughs) Maybe I'm a little Um, bit older than you and I got that, that generation right beforehand i guess that's it that's it um yeah no so sega was like four years and i got to test games like worms and total war um total war rome um like football manager uh outrun that's all kinds of games like actually you put quite a lot of games on your cv when you go through them so quickly okay right which then stops by the time you start to to actually do game development because then you realize that it takes a few years for you to develop games (laughs) (laughs) so okay so you said you're at sega for how long uh for about four years four years okay very yeah six years six years overall that i spent doing qa nice so how quickly or what was the transition from sega four years doing qa to now animating it, it was, it took a little longer than I expected because um, in between all that, so my, my stint in Sega was um, unfortunately, it didn't ended up well. Okay. <laughs> it was actually one of the lowest periods because I lost my job and I lost my house in the same day. Oh, man. One in the morning, one in the afternoon. And, and I was completely like, don't know what to do. And I genuinely felt like all my dreams crumbling at that point in time, right? I was not an animator. I was the, so I had to, like, there was a period of time just before I got my first gig in animation that I was um, a portal manager, I used to call it. Do you remember the times that before the iPhone where you used to have WAP and you had to have like a games portal that you could download on your on your phone? They had different SKUs for different phones, Nokia's and Samsung's and stuff. Okay, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. Remember that? Like, yeah, like, a little bit. It, you can have like a, the mobile version of Splinter Cell. But right, right. Nothing like it. Um, so I was actually managing a portal through a company um, uh, for Vodafone 3, the UK UK providers. Um, and it was funny, though, because by the time I got my first gig, after doing num- numerous interviews and getting those and stuff like that, when I got my first opportunity, they said, cool, we're going to give you a try. No problem. I was in this in this at this period in time that they were offering me really good money to stay doing what I was doing because they enjoyed what I was doing. And then they were like, Oh, we're going to make you manager and we're going to have a great career. We'll travel. We'll, we'll like flying over back and forth from Germany to the UK all the time. Cause it was a German company, uh-huh. good hotels, uh, nice dinners, uh, good salary. And I'm like, I'm going to have to actually have, have a massive pay cut to then start as a junior. In animation so you, at this point. You got your right? fork in the road here, huh? hundred <laughs> percent. And given my given my my life before then, where I actually struggled a lot to get to like, you know, an okay place to uh-huh. then being really good, to then having to go back a few steps to then start again doing animation was was a huge decision. And I can imagine. Uh, I yeah. Was, yeah, I was this close to basically saying no to animation. It was too late and just continuing the, down that path of management. And gotcha. Like um, thankfully, I didn't. Um, you know, I spoke with some friends, got some advice and things like that. And they said, like, you know, if this is your passion, this is going to, like, last you for the long run instead of just being temporary and things. And I'm gotcha. like, you know what? that kind of makes sense. Yeah, you yeah. Know, something that lasts me a lifelong, you know, experience. Yeah. 
So yeah, I took a massive pay cut, like, and then uh, went over to Derby. We were over out of all places, which is Midlands of the UK. I was from London to the Midlands of okay. the UK, which, according to my friends in London, is like, why? Why are you leaving London? It doesn't make sense. There's nothing. <laughs> so so yeah, no, I went to Derby, and then I started working in a company that is now defunct called uh, Eurocom. I used okay. to call Eurocom, and uh, I was lucky because um, I worked in a really cool project that, which was my first project, which was the. GoldenEye Reloaded for the, oh, for the, okay. Um, which was like a reboot finally of GoldenEye. Of GoldenEye, uh, yeah. And, uh, and it was for the Wii as well. So the reviews are great. Um, and unfortunately, the experience that I had working there was really bad because um, they had incredibly short development cycles. They had incredible, like aggressive crunches. They used to last seven to uh, 12 months to a year. Oh, man. Um, and uh, everybody was was in cubicles and like no one had internet in the computers. You had to use a shared computer to actually use internet to get gotcha. things <laughs> like that, unfortunately. But um, I, I take that as a positive because uh, I spent two years there, but I have learned a lot about the positives and negatives of the industry, Gotcha, which, which is great. It gives you yeah, a place yeah. to kind of like um, know when a place is a fit or is not a fit based on your experience, right? It gives you a medium, which is, which is cool. And did it give you as well uh, um, any work that you can now then go out and find something new? Because it, it sounded like at first you didn't have any real animation examples that you could really kind of show as far as production. Yeah, correct. Yeah. So so because the development cycles was so aggressive, um, I ended up working on a bunch of different games. So I worked in uh, GoldenEye, but then I worked also, they had like movie IPs that they would develop. So I don't know if you remember, but uh, the Wii had games like Ice Age and Rio and yeah. things like that. It was like Ice Age the game and Rio the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so those were developed by Eurocom. And gotcha. th- those were basically uh, used and recycled from last year or from something else, right? So it would take about seven months, all, all in all, to actually start developing and then publishing the game. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, I worked in uh, Ice Age, Rio, uh, GeForce, uh, the okay. game came out for after the movie yeah um uh and then yeah it was golden eye as well oh and the biggest one of them all that actually had the best reviews was uh that space okay that's that's basic the extraction so i worked on that as well which was an on rails um game uh horror game uh based on the death that space series which was actually really well really well put together very cool now, I've oftentimes, you know, I talk with somebody who worked in television, um, you know, the, the similar pace. It's just it's fast. Um, one of the pauses that they were able to take away was they learned to become really efficient. You know, yes. um, is that something that you felt like you were able to do at that time as well? Yes, 100 percent, 100 percent. Like and and so, so the positive and negative, because I don't know exactly where to put this. And this is not something that I wish on anybody. But when you are in a constant, um, in constant pressure to the point, for example, like whenever you used to actually go and have teas and coffees with your mates, uh-huh. if five or 10 minutes will go past, they will call you over the tannoy to go back to your desk and work. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so when you go through this over two years, two years and a half that I spend there, right. Um, you become a little bit paranoid about like, am I doing enough work? <laughs> am I, like I you use the word paranoid. That's great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> am I doing enough? 
Um, should I not be chilling? Should I be working? Should I be doing this? Should I be doing that? So over time, things became a little bit more relaxed, right? Like, gotcha. uh, like life work balance became a bit better, okay. I became wiser. But like every time that I, I'm actually under stress and I'm in a company, for example, there's always a point in games that you need to work a little harder towards right. the end to ship the game and things like that. To me, the blessing on that experience, even though it was ne- negative, is that I can activate that mode. Just like, gotcha. just think about Eurocom. Think about how things were all the time. Here, they only ask you to do that for two weeks. Gotcha. So, you know. You're like, okay, it's, it's switching modes and like, let's roll for a couple of weeks here. Yeah. Let, let's do it. Let's, gotcha. let's get serious and, and get into that mode, right? So, you know, all things considered, it's not that bad. That's right. That's right. Yeah. You don't want a work environment that way, but there's definitely some pros that you can learn from that in regards to uh, that, that just that grit that you have to kind of, bite down sometimes huh completely completely gotcha. it's, it's yeah it comes it comes with the job really yeah and one of the things i i do also appreciate you bringing up too is you know you kind of mentioned that you, you know you were in <clears throat> excuse me q a for six years and you know then things that happened to you there you weren't sure if you you know i, I just i appreciate you bringing that up because i think oftentimes people can kind of think well if i just you know jump into something i can learn this here i can learn animation in a year and i'm good to you know yeah. That doesn't always it's not typically yeah. happen. This is an yeah. art form. This is very um, not so much competitive in the sense of, uh, I guess, competitive in the sense of skill level. Yeah. And so um, it, it takes time. And I appreciate you just bringing up that up on a bit of your journey that this isn't yeah. doesn't happen overnight. Completely, completely. And, and you know what's, what's best as well, Larry, is that because of going through all that, you know, when people say it takes a lifetime to learn animation, right? When you really get down to it, and the more experience you have, the more you realize how much, how far away the goal right. is. So, like, because of going through all that, and especially when you start earning money, especially when you start like working in a few titles that are really cool and make you look cool, make your CV look really nice, your resume look really nice, then you start going, like, you know what? This is enjoyable. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really enjoyable. It takes a lifetime. And in the beginning, it sounds like it's a hard thing to get there. But it's not so much about the end goal. It's about the journey. And gotcha. I know that sounds cheesy and everybody says it. But genuinely, the more time you spend animating, uh, especially when you come from a bad place like I did, uh-huh. the more you kind of go, you know what? Let's just like, you know, chill and, and enjoy this. Gotcha. Especially if you keep on like getting better and like getting a lead position and supervisor and directors and things like that. Because things change as you grow as an animator and, and you learn different things and there's never a dull moment. It's great. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's kind of what I tell people too. It's, it's the, um, the double-edged sword with the animation that because it's constantly, you're constantly striving to get better. Yeah. The negative is that you never feel uh, easy. It's, yeah. it's never settled in that regards, but because it's 100%. never settled, it's pushing you and you're always striving to, to, uh, to grow as an artist. And so that's the positive part. So, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's yeah. This kind of uneasiness that kind of helps make it feel uncomfortable as well as fun. Uh, as well as fun. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I go on about it in my videos about don't settle or don't like, don't, don't just warm up your seat and just work, you know what I mean? Just gotcha. get a paycheck because then animation is going to get boring yeah, if you yeah. actually do that. It's like it's going to feel repetitive. Yeah. But uh, there's so much to learn in animation and there's so many places that you can take it as well. I yeah. Think. One is just scratching the surface and, you know, Disney has been doing it for a hundred years. Now. Yeah. yeah. So it's <laughs> <that's> great. <laughs> so after this one gig here, you mentioned uh, you were there about three years, you said? 
Uh, yeah, uh, two and a half years. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so then I went to Crytek. Um, okay. So, yeah, in the in the good old days, of Crytek was like seen as like a massive studio. I think at that point in time, when I moved to Crytek, Crytek was one of the biggest studios. One, like I think at that point, it must have been just Crytek and Dice. Even Gorilla was not as big as it is nowadays gotcha. in terms of like AAA studios. Um, so this must have been 2011, 2010, something like that. Okay. Um, so yeah, um, I really enjoy it. So <laughs> funny story is that, you know, I was just saying about parano- paranoia. And the reason why I say paranoia is because when I went to Crytek, they used to have a uh, play test every single evening, like the last two hours, just put up the game because it's an online game. Uh-huh. And it was Crisis 3 that I was working on. And they just basically, you know, we just played against each other, you know, in the, in the local server. And it was a lot of fun. Uh-huh. Two hours to finish up playing games, huh? Exactly. <laughs> so just that idea to me, it was so alien after two years of going through this intense stress that I'm like, are you guys sure that we should do this every day? I'm not going to get in trouble. It's <laughs> like, yeah, let's have fun. No last stuff. And then on top of that, the animators used to actually go upstairs to a kitchen and just chill for like an hour with the tea, coffee, just talk, just, you know, chit chat stuff, <laughs> talk rubbish, no problem. <laughs> and for me, five minutes after we're going up and having the tea, I'm like, should we, uh, should we go back to our desk? <laughs> Been here long enough, I think. Yeah. Um, and and they, they actually started making fun of me. Like, why are you so paranoid? Why are yeah, you so stressed out of it? You need to take a chill pill. <laughs> why is Harvey always sweating? He looks like yeah. he's... <laughs> <laughs> It's like he's ready to get a shot here or something. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no, I spent I spent another two years, three years, I want to say, in Crytek. Um, I I shipped Crisis Three, and then I worked in a game that uh, I started prototyping with a couple of other animators, which was a lot of fun, uh, which was called Homefront. Okay. And um, yeah, we we had a lot of fun with Homefront because at that point when Homefront kicked in. Uh, crisis was going through a crisis. Crytek was going through um, a change of going from 3D Max to Maya. So, mm-hmm. for those that don't know, back then 3D, 3D Max was basically standard in the in the game, the game industry. industry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and but then it was about about that time, 2011 or so, 2012, that actually people started to understand the benefits of working Maya and the open backend and being able to add plugins and all kinds of stuff. Gotcha. Um, so I was the only one in the team that knew Maya through and through because of Eurocom. So they said, oh, okay. you, know, you start kind of like like rolling with things and prototyping some stuff and telling us some of the plugins that you need and things. So it felt really liberating um, as well for me. So it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of, a few months of just prototyping hand key animations, going down to the basement, taking some reference, some really crazy reference of just us boys just i don't know throwing crates at each other <laughs> like falling down on mats <laughs> trying trying to act trying to act tough like soldiers because you were you know it was soldiers <laughs> you're like again but, can i do this I mean, this i'm getting paid for this right yeah exactly yeah that's how I felt, felt so liberating felt so cool um so we had a lot of fun on home front um unfortunately like eurocom kind of like um went background bankrupt halfway through I was in Crytek but then Crytek started going through their you know negative like story of not paying people and things like that I don't know if you heard but uh-uh. it was like, yeah they stopped paying people for months on end and oh man kind of just went just now have to work because you believe in the company you believe in it was kind of like rough for yeah yeah company 
So um, I decided to leave at that point. Um, I was going to only leave if I actually had something interesting to do. And at that point in time, I was doing mocap for so long that I felt like I needed to do some hanky. Um, so I'm like, whatever project I take on next, I really needed to actually be hanky and need to be fun. It needs to be a, like a cool project. So um, Microsoft Fable, um, Lionhead. Okay. Know, like, that, once again, they're no longer around, unfortunately. But uh, <laughs> it's been a few studios that has. You're leaving your wake there, huh? <laughs> it's not my fault, I promise. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, like they actually, they actually uh, wanted me there. Like, you know, I had a really cool interview, um, cool people, like everybody, it felt like a family. Like, Very nice. Like that's the studio that I'm like the saddest about, like that is no longer around. It was the creativity and the people were like absolutely amazing. That's cool. Um, yeah, it feels really sad just thinking about it. Uh, people still meet nowadays in in, in Guildford um, to actually kind of like Lionhead meets. So people, old, old devs and stuff like that. Just to so kind of connect out. it still, huh? 100%. That's yeah, awesome. So shout out, yeah, shout out to everybody at Lionhead that's still, they're still meeting up because uh, they are super cool people. So yeah, started working on Fable. Uh, Fable Legends, it was the title that I was going to be working on. Um, Never played really, it, but I definitely saw a lot of stuff from it and it looked yeah, great. It, 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 it looked great. It felt great. Unfortunately, it was canned by Microsoft and this is why you never played it because um, so we were three months from the release in the game um, and uh, Microsoft unfortunately shut the door for their own reasons. We never got to know, but they shut the door on, on the project and also the studio. Um, but you know, the reviews that we had back at Gamescom, uh, we went to Gamescom to present the game to get fans to play it. They were like, This is the best fable. And it was basically like, you know, a co-op, four-player co-op, both online or couch. And you can just like go through Albion, the world of Fable, and just be a hero and act silly and and have different powers and things like that. And we put a lot of work on the heroes, put a lot of work on the on the on the on the creatures and the, the evil guys and things like that. And mm. we just had a blast. You could tell we had a blast. Yeah, you enjoyed what you did, huh? So yeah, it was, uh, yeah. So that was, that was basically the end of Fable uh, in the end of Fable as we know it in, in Lionhead. Gotcha. But no, the guys now are, are now working on Fable uh, again uh, in Midlands. Um, so playground games, I was working on Fable again. So. Okay. Very I cool. Knock it out the park. Yeah. Awesome. So now, from that studio, where did you head up from there? So from Lionhead, I went to Axis. So Axis was uh, is a, a VFX studio in uh, in um, um, oh my god, I forgot I forget the name of the city, Glasgow. Okay, my mind just went blank. Okay, okay so just you. there you go, Glasgow. All Good. right, yeah. So <laughs> so. Um, so yeah, I actually just, I came up to Glasgow to work at Axis, uh, Axis of VFX Studio, and they basically work on mostly TV series and also um, shorts or uh, cutscenes for games, right? Okay. Um, things like, I don't know, Warhammer, they would have like their shorts or um, cutscenes in games, um, like Horizon, that's the one that I worked on. Okay, I saw some that you had a cutscenes on that one. Okay, so so I was lead uh, cutscene animator for Horizon Zero Dawn. Very cool. Was, which was at that point secret, um, but they needed somebody like a team really 
that knew about games, right? So they had a director, they knew about VFX and film and, and like, you know, composition. They had a supervisor, they knew about the same. But then from the lead downwards, which was me and the team, uh, my team, um, we all from games. Gotcha. So, so we came in and basically started working with the tools at Guerrilla Games. Um, and uh, I don't know if you played the game. Horizon. I've not. Yeah. No. Well, right at the beginning, uh, there's a transformation that Alloy, the main character, goes from child to full grown woman. Right. Uh-huh. And you get to see her memories because she has a mentor and all that stuff. So that is basically what we worked on. Okay. Like that, that like setup for the main character. Very cool. Some nice fun story stuff too, huh? Hundred percent, hundred percent. The, and we all knew that it was a really cool project because we saw the, we saw the storyboards, the animatics in in Shotgun, and we we all kind of went, man, this is this is gonna be a cool story to actually go through. Um, so yeah, that was me at Axis. That project took only about six months okay. uh, for me to do. Oh, keyframe. Uh, no, it was actually mocap. Mocap, it was okay. Mocap, but it was some of the bits were heavily modified because we have. We basically had two camps, uh, two teams, really. I had about 11 people under me, and half of the team was working on mocap that was basically shot for us already. And then we just basically had to retarget and put them together and make the characters all synchronized together. And gotcha. Them, right. But the other part, half of the team was working on creatures. Okay. Um, because you have these dinosaurs that are mechanical and all that stuff. That part was was hanky. Okay. Right? Gotcha. So um, a little bit of a mix, huh? A bit of a mix, yeah. Nice. So, so, yeah, it was so much fun as well um i think it was must have been one of the hardest projects that i had to go through mainly because the the timelines was were based on vfx but it was games and games you know there's an engine and there's a lot of variables to a game okay so so there was a lot of like working and reworking things to make things fit and then things like that right they didn't and, take that into consideration they just I think it was the first game, first project. That That's had, what I was wondering. Yeah, because they game. needed someone from games. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because they used to just like, you know, do a cutscene and then goes to rendering somewhere else or something yeah. like that. But this was basically interactive with an engine. Right? Gotcha. Okay. And this is why it became a little bit challenging. But, you know, like the team made it in the end and, and shout out to everybody that nice. worked on that. It was really, really cool. Very cool. People at Axis, amazing talent. And the amount of projects they have going on at the same time is so for refreshing to see. Nice. Okay. Really cool. Really Very cool. So from there, where did you head off to? So from then, from there, we actually got, um, we got really, um, we missed England. We missed uh, south of England. Okay. Uh, so we came back to work at Creative Assembly. I came back to work at Creative Assembly. Same thing, hanky stuff. And uh, it was basically Warhammer, Warhammer 2, uh, Total War Warhammer. And um, once again, really cool uh, team over there they were incredibly incredibly nice and talented they had weeklies uh, everything was hand keyed even though they had a mocap studio we tried to do the very minimum in the mocap studio uh-huh. it was mostly like just hand key and then i got there and i started working on one of the most fun factions which was the uh was well like dinosaurs um lizard man it's called okay uh for those that know about their warhammer and now is that uh, on your reel i think i saw some the, yeah okay. exactly it was like like velociraptors and yeah things. yeah 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 exactly so you know you see them very little so the quality doesn't have to be like super awesome gotcha but we still try to make the best we can with the yeah, time yeah. that we have right um so yeah like it was a lot of fun you know putting on the reel because i had so much fun work on that and <laughs> nice. we had, 
Yeah, because the thing is that there was a lot of trust on that project. I learned a lot about leadership on that project. So shout out to Greg. He was my lead at that point in time. And he was very much the type of lead that is hands off. Uh, he believes in the person that he hires. And then he goes, do what you think is best. So like That's you have nice. a whole faction. Yeah, it's really cool. You have a whole faction of like um, creatures that the only thing you've seen is basically... Apologies if you can hear. Yeah, no problem. No problem. You're good. Oh, baby. It's about to go to bed. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So it's great. Um, So, yeah. So you basically, the only thing you see is basically statues all, all the time that people have been playing these creatures is being statues, right? On boards. That's it. This is basically Total War. And they look really amazing. The sculptures have done an amazing, amazing job, right? It looks amazing. The painting is amazing. You know, when you actually hold it, because you have every single statue is like physical. um, uh, It's amazing. It, It inspires you. Now, no one has seen these creatures moving. No one has seen these things moving, right? So then it's up to you, the animator, to decide how are these characters moving mm. right and and then there was a lot of interesting um questions that I needed to answer in like like for example i was the first one that i actually animated was the cold ones and they were basically vel- velociraptors okay but the thing is velociraptors have really tiny limbs right literally tiny right right uh, arms right um and they they actually kind of just keep their arms to themselves and then just run right almost like chickens uh, these guys have long arms, right? Okay. So then all of a sudden it's like, you cannot just copy Velociraptors. One what do you one. do with these long arms, right? Yeah. Because you know, weight shifts and things like that. Like yeah. how can you actually sell the weight and how can you make them unique that don't look like, you know, Velociraptors, they look like their own stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it was all about that. They also had a T-Rex character that actually also was absolutely massive. Um, that we had to animate slightly different than T-Rex because of features. And uh, every single creature that was that was basically looking at a statue, getting inspiration from all the pictures that you see on the online, and then looking at, I don't know, Jurassic Park or any kind of thing that you can see a dinosaur that is resembles it in nice. any way. And then you just go to town and hand key things. Uh, and on the weeklies, everybody was very honest, but very nice. So it was very much that that honest truth, that 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 um, you know, um, constructive criticism. Right, right. right. You go like, you know what? This looks cool, but it could be better if it was this this way or that way. Yeah, really cool experience. Now you've been an animation director. I uh, know. Uh, you know, we've talked here. You recently just left. Uh, where was that? Dice. Dice. Okay. So now as an animation director, is that a position that you typically do as well as give that that kind of constructive feedback and and things of that nature? Okay. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so uh, as you guys might have have seen, sorry. um, And as you might have seen, Larry, I've been to quite a few places, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, but all of this actually has given me like, like a really awesome, um, perspective right. on the things that I really liked and the things that I really didn't like. Yeah, yeah. And the things that really worked and the things that didn't work for a long period of time. Right, right. right. Um, so in my position as director, I'm basically taking all that knowledge and basically just amalgamating it into one little ball that I hope it works. And uh, so far, so good. My team absolutely loves it and we are super happy and it's very creative and everybody feels united. And That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. One of the things I love about that too is because you're, um, I think we're probably in about our ninth, 10th week. So we've got about three, maybe weeks left so yeah, um, so here at, uh, for this term. And uh, 
you've been one of our instructors here. This is a new term for you here. And you're doing the same thing. You're having to get feedback to these students. You know, none of them, many of them probably haven't been in the industry. So learning how to get that feedback as well. So I'm sure coming from you, knowing how to do that, has been a very big uh, advantage for them. Oh, well, I hope so. I hope so. Uh, (laughs) I'm not going to say it. You know how to do it well. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'll let them be the judge, but uh, they've been absolutely brilliant. And um, I think they, they kept an open mind throughout, through it all, because I believe that every animator learns animation in slightly different ways. Right. Yep. Um, Animation is so huge and there's so many things to learn and the 12 principles, you know, they sound very little, but you know, there's a lot to it, to every single one of them. So you kind of have to kind of like change your method of teaching, depending on the person. And some people get certain things really well. Some other right. people get the opposite things really well. And you kind of have to go, well, maybe you have to go more here and you, maybe you have to go more there. Um, but, you know, all in all, I think they're actually getting it. And I feel like at this point in time, they're about to go into spline. And uh, I think they, a lot of light bulbs are coming up, coming online at this point, which gotcha. you know, I'm proud of. I'm proud Very of. cool, man. That's great. Yeah. Um, Kind of slight segue then, because you mentioned them going into spline. That's always kind of a uh, the the suck to the yeah. So I go. (laughs) How? What is your workflow? My workflow. So I'm glad you asked this because you know we're all passionate about this stuff. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, but here um, I keep going on about this with my students, and they all know if they're actually seeing this and hearing this. But I started thinking, fully thinking that if I figure out the graph editor, I will be able to animate, right? Because Uh, the source of animation to me, is going to be on this spaghetti thing that I don't understand. But when I do, it's going to be great. It's like the matrix. Exactly. I'm going to be able to animate animate things great. I don't see it, but once I see it, it's going to be great. Um, Funny thing is, as the years have gone past, the more traditional I became in my thinking and how animation should be approached. Okay. And it's really incredible how much I appreciate the Nano Man, Walt Disney, mm. the guys that set up animation. Like, is you know, do you have children? Yeah. You do, right? Okay. Have a, exactly. Have a lot, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For anybody that listen to the podcast, yeah. Awesome, awesome. I have two. I have okay, two. very uh, cool. But the one thing that I actually can equate to my experience as an animator is this. A lot of times when you have children, you can tell them that something is not right several times mm-hmm. and they will actually still make that mistake. Yeah. And as a parent, you kind of go, how many times do I have to tell you? Yeah. Right? <laughs> Until you learn. Yeah. And then yeah. and then they can do it two or three times. They can do it even more times. And then eventually they'll get it. It right? clicks. Yep. It kind of clicks. Animation is kind of the same. Yeah. And basically, the more you learn about animation, the more you kind of start understanding that these guys, the Nine Old Man in Walt Disney, when they set the standards, there was a reason why those 12 principles became the 12 principles. Right. There was a reason why they say, go with reference, study your reference, spend time in reference. Reference is 90% of the job, things like that. Uh. Because it's so important for you to actually have a clear idea, clear attack plan before you go into animation. Gotcha. Yeah. And having that experience that I told you uh, when I actually did my bachelor's and they were showing us Maya and where to click buttons and how you could do use fur to embellish your animations. I'm like, 
that is distraction. Yeah. <laughs> There's so much to animation. Yeah. I want to learn yeah. about fur. I want to spend years learning this animation thing. And right. Maybe right. I can actually play around with fur. Yeah. But in the beginning, you think animation is fine. I'll know the draft principle, set some keys, press play, animation is playing. It's cool. moving. It's moving, going to the graph editor, delete some keys, Bob's your uncle, all good. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So now I can I can do liquid now. But um, but yeah, it's, it's really not that. So my, my approach really is about first focusing on poses, second, add as much detail in your keys as you possibly can based on your reference, right? So when you press the spline button, you have a whole bunch of information that you can then clean up. Gotcha. Me, the spline process is generally the most chilled one. If I've done my job well, in front, blocking, okay, right. Cool. So go up to every two keys, every three keys, whatever you need to do in order to actually give you as much information as possible. So you can then just go to the graph editor and push your keys a little bit, delete some keys, and all that goodness. Good stuff. Nice, very cool. And uh, just kind of a quick note too, because you mentioned you know the strong poses. One of the things uh, this is my own philosophy and opinion yeah. here is it kind of going back to what you mentioned at the beginning here in regards to comics. Yeah. One of the oh, things yeah. I love about comics is because I go, they're doing those strong poses because I only have certain cells enough, you know, it's not motion to yeah. sell that, to sell that emotion or sell that, you know, uh, so I really like comics for that reason too, is because yeah. you're, you're kind of learning that. Okay. What's a strong pose here? Cause they're having to sell it in this one panel here, you know, would you yeah. feel the same way or Oh yeah, a thousand percent. Okay, so I'm not way actually, off here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's <laughs> <laughs> I like when I did one mistake on my journey here that I'm I still regret to this day, which was when I did the jump from illustration to animation. I thought I was late, even though I was 23 years old. <laughs> uh, I, thought, <laughs> I thought I was like I'm gonna be super old by the time I learn this. So I actually let go of illustration completely, and I thought until I am as good as of, of an animator as I am an illustrator, I'm not going to illustrate anymore. Uh. I'm just going to animate. That's it. The illustration never really happened again, right? Kind of uh, left that, huh? I kind of left it, um, and. That was the mistake that I did. However, I do think that spending, I must have spent a good 10 years just illustrating hardcore gotcha. every day, just trying to get posing, you know, first copying the artists that I really enjoyed, then creating off my off the top, then trying to create a style. All of this, all of these motions kind of taught me about posing. And right. Especially because I wanted to be the comic artist that actually gets the big bucks. Therefore, you do covers. That's what, what they do, right? Gotcha. So yeah, yeah, covers, yeah. you like, you know, you like top notch, right? So I wanted to do covers. So I'm like, I better be like really good. And my posing needs to be super amazing so they can buy the comic based on my illustration. That's right. So uh, I spent so much time thinking about posing that when I'm doing my blocking, it's basically that. It's basically just me looking at how dynamic is this? Yeah, yeah. If I, if I were to pause it here, if I, I'm not myself and I'm someone else, if I were to pause it here, would I think, wow, this is a cool moment. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Yep. And just keep throw, go, going through it, go through the timeline. It takes a long time, but yeah. it's worth it, man. That's very cool. That's very cool. So you don't do any more, you don't use um, thumbnailing like that for your process at all now? I do. I actually do uh, drawovers. That's okay. what I do. Good, which, good. Okay, very yeah, nice. Yeah, I do drawovers. So the way I start getting my reference is that I shoot myself or I shoot, like, uh, or I shoot some reference of somebody. Um, if I cannot do it, I'll just look for YouTube. 
um, I'm also a fan of like mix, mix and matching. Um, as long as the energy is there and it's the same, nice. like it carries over in terms of energy. But one of the things that I like to do that we animators have an actor within. So I like to actually kind of like mimic the energy of like, sometimes I see one piece of content that I really enjoy, uh-huh. but that there's no start or end to the shot. Okay. So in, in order for you to get that piece of content to actually look good and have a story, because, you know, really anything can have a story. It can have a two second animation that can still have a beginning, middle mm-hmm. and end, right? So for you to actually have that beginning, middle, and end, you already have the middle, which you probably found it, some guy doing Kung Fu or whatever, and that bit is done because he's going to do some crazy stuff. But what does he do to start, right? How how does he end? Why is it interesting? Is he in character? So I like to kind of pick up on that, like, meat of the middle, and then I get myself into character, go outside or here in the office, and then I try to mimic that. Right. Nice. I do my best Jackie Chan. I do my best Bruce Lee. <laughs> and, and I try to, and then I keep on doing it until, until it has the nice flow. Right. Very cool. Um, and, and, you know, sometimes even when you're doing your blocking and you see it and you see the character moving, maybe the character doesn't fit within the, the style. So you can just reshoot some stuff in order to make sure that you have as much entertainment as possible. Yeah. No, I like that a lot. That's very cool. Cause yeah, typically any shot you're getting, it's not like it's just, the intro or whatever it's it's been it's the middle of something right that's exactly right yeah yeah very cool yeah so now you mentioned um you left dice how long were you there dice i was there for three years three years and a half okay um yeah so um another another like thing that i'm incredibly fortunate i feel like my career has been like a blessing overall so Mm -hmm. i cannot complain about anything might sound like i'm complaining about some stuff but i'm not really all the positives and negatives oh no yeah i'm just even thinking about that one you mentioned that was a little bit challenging you used maya which then when you went to the other studio they were transitioning from 3d stream x to maya and you're like had it not been at that other studio you wouldn't have learned my own, so yeah exactly it's just i don't know things just kind of fell into place which is really nice and dice is kind of the same dice like so um they came knocking and then basically what happened at dice is that they were used to doing battlefields a lot and uh they did a battlefront star wars battlefront okay but they were they were used to just doing mocap everything right so they they have their own mocap studio they have an infinite budget because it's ea so <laughs> and you know it's like a triple a game and it sells ea so they can do as many things as they want right gotcha so mocap mocap was basically it and they do a really good job at at, at cleaning up mocap and doing mm. amazing games shout out to everyone at dice they're absolutely amazing cool studio now they didn't have anybody that knew henke very well right because they were so used to mocap gotcha um, you know the animators are good but not henke specific so because of my experience both in fable and and warhammer and like the projects that i worked in eurocom and things um, they basically asked me if, uh, to come over and, and actually help them out on Star Wars Battlefront 2 because in Star Wars Battlefront 2, they were going to add characters that could not be mocap, like uh-huh. Yoda, like Darth Maul, right? Things that basically defy what a human can do, right? Like flying through the air or triple jumping, things like that, right? Yeah, yeah. So getting to the middle ground of like, how can you make a character that defies gravity and defies believability still feel grounded. Right. Like that, that's the stuff that I think they couldn't find someone that could actually sell that. Right. There's no matter how much they push the mocap. It was like, it feels too sped up or it feels too slow and things like that. So I came along 
and uh, you know, st- started actually doing a lot of hand key. The first character that I worked on was Darth Maul. Oh, cool. Um, which I was super pumped about because I'm a big fan of Darth Maul. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, when yeah. Honestly, when, when I first saw that uh, that movie the, uh, back when it first came out, and they killed him, I was like. No, no, hang on a second. That can't yeah. be it. How? How? Likewise. Yeah. Like, like, I want to see this character this... in every movie from now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was a cool guy. I was, I was in disbelief for, uh, yeah, a good couple of minutes. I'm like, hang on a second. This has to be a fake or something. You know? <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent. But, but this is why, like, I felt like because I felt the same way as you. I'm like, I'm going to make Darth Maul because you can play him all the time. I'm going to try and make him like a character that you want to play all the time. That's He's right. So awesome <laughs> in the game, in my mind, at least. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it was, it was actually um, a long process because there was a lot of things and I've learned a lot through the process, but what happened is that while you're animating it, it was not just the animations that needed to be uh, like realistic and felt grounded, but it was also like the combat system. It was not set in place yet. Right? Oh, Okay because they kind of didn't really have um, a gaming loop that was satisfying yet, right? At the moment, in the previous one, you just like did one, two hits all the time, or if you are a Jedi, or then if you had a weapon, you just shoot your weapon, but DICE is really good at weapons because they did Battlefield before, so it's all good. But it's just the lightsabers felt a little bit repetitive. So we had to come up with a, with a, with a gaming loop that actually felt really good. And it Very made nice. you feel like a hero, right? It made you feel like you are a true Jedi. Mm-hmm. You have like a saber. So a saber is a powerful tool. Let's do it. So Maul kind of answered all those questions. We had about uh, six uh, combos next to each other. And you can just like randomly select from the two. So you felt like you, you were doing different things at all times. Nice. Um, and then it was all about like getting the mall. How fast can mall go? Because if you actually mall is arguably the fastest Jedi because he's so like jumping everywhere. Uh-huh. Maybe Yoda, but um, so if you set a benchmark for for Darth Maul, then we can look at Luke, and he probably will be maybe the slowest, right? Okay. Because he's very chill when he actually has a lightsaber. So it was basically like finding disparity between the two. So he became like the linchpin that unlocked everything else. Um, and then, yeah, I had to make him fly over the air, get him to spin his lightsaber a, a gazillion times That's and cool. things like that. It was, it was really nice. Very nice. Um, before we transition on your departure there, what is it that you've been enjoying in the game industry? You know, you've been in, you've been in here for, uh, overall 18 years, okay. animating about 13, 14 okay. years. Yeah. Something like that. And <laughs> obviously a lot is, you know, changed and changing. Yes. Um, so sure. what has been your biggest key as of why, hey, look, if someone to say, why should I get in the gaming industry? What is it that you've been enjoying and looking forward to? Passion. Okay. I mean, forward to the still in one word, passion. Um, what have we been enjoying? How games have, like how people have been pushing animation mm. as we go through. So let me explain passion. I think gamers are the most passionate fans that I've ever met, right? Like in Star Wars, we had a problem at Battlefront 2 because you probably heard about the loot, bo- loot box fiasco, the one that they were, like EA was trying to sell, like, you know, pay to win and things like that. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. I might've heard a little bit about that. So yeah, there was like- For those that don't know, can you explain that a little bit? Oh yeah, for sure. So basically EA released Star Wars Battlefront 2. And at that point, before then, they had FIFA, which is basically like you have in-game assets that you can sell to players. So players can play, and then basically they get a little bit better. 
when they actually kind of like pay for this item. Okay. Um, unfortunately, Star Wars, it was a fan saw it as a little bit more than that. Fans saw it as like you were paying to win, so you could actually get a better weapon than oh, the guy okay. that actually has been grinding away gotcha. for many hours and then just like kill the I guy. Just right? pay in it. Yeah, that's it. So you felt really unfair. Okay. And then there was this thing about you know if you were actually willing to like pay for stuff so much then what's the point and things like that gotcha so it became a huge controversy and okay it was banned in different places and things like <laughs> that it was, it was not good to, to see it was not good it was not a good time <laughs> <laughs> which goes back to your initial comment that gamers are the most passionate well and, and in this specific case we actually got the two most passionate fans which was gamers and star wars fans right <laughs> together in one yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so but here's the thing about battlefront 2 till this day is by, by by far the game that i enjoy working the most so far and the reason why is because it was been uh, it was like a learning experience because i started working on battlefront then i went to battlefield came back to battlefront when I came back to Battlefront, Battlefront was very much like on a, like not because of me, but like um, EA uh, was very much, not, I don't think EA believed in the game very much at that point because <laughs> no one was really playing it. The, the players were going down and there was no interest and all that stuff. What happened was a few rebels, and this is why I like it so much because it's exactly like Star Wars. A few <laughs> rebels got together and dice. And about 70 of us. And then we, we said, we just want to work on Battlefront. Give us some time and we'll show you that this game can be better. As long as we listen to the community, we can make this game better, right? So then ensued about two years, like a year and a half of us kind of like listening to the community and like fixing the game little by little, right? And then basically turning the community around to the point that Reddit was positive with us, which is something that Reddit is not known for. Um, <laughs> but the community in Reddit was absolutely <laughs> loving us. And then we started adding extra stuff that people didn't, ex didn't, didn't expect. And towards the end, we were surprising people with the things that we were adding. So for oh, example- that's awesome. Yeah. For example, no one thought, um, we announced a, a hero that everyone thought, this is never going to work. This is going to be rubbish. Why are you guys destroying the game again? Which was BB-8. BB-8 as a hero. Right. Okay. And everybody was kind of like looking like you. Like, yeah. How can you make this happen? <laughs> yeah. <I could> be, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and we did. And it felt really good. It was a bit repetitive according to reviews, but he actually felt really good. He, he was making a difference. Little dude with his cables was like whipping everybody around. Nice. Killing people and all that stuff. Very and, cool. And when you got together with other people, then all of a sudden you have a BB-8 and then you have a Luke and you have like a Yoda, then you can just take on a bunch have, of people. Okay, have a little fun here, huh? Exactly. Oh, that's awesome. So yeah, and then we started bringing Ewoks as well and different factions. Oh, that's it. so cool. Yeah, and it became it became a dream, and you, like half of it was me jumping on the suit, like us jumping on the suit and then acting out like an Ewok, for yeah. example. <laughs> Um, and the other half was Henke, right? <laughs> so it was a lot of fun. That's so a really cool testimony, though, when uh, developers are willing to give it a shot, listen to the fans, uh, the community, whatever it is, and uh, delivering based upon that. And as well as, like you yeah. mentioned here, exceeding expectations. Yeah, exactly. Because then it becomes, if you're just doing what the community wants, it becomes repetitive. Yeah. And then the thing that happens as well, as much as there's positivity out there and people that actually have genuinely, uh, uh, genuine criticism and 
constructive criticism. Like there's a lot of people that think they know about games, but they don't. So right. they just want things tomorrow. Like why are heroes taking so long, right? I waited a month. I need another hero, right? <laughs> so, so things like that. But, you know, you can actually distill things to know that there's a few comments that actually encompass what most people want. And, and if you focus on those and deliver on those, then you're going to be great. But if you just do that, then it becomes repetitive. So you have to do a little bit of that, but also add a layer of, you know, surprise, a layer nice. of things that, you know, to keep it interesting and keep it fresh. Yeah. Okay. So now a uh, small segue here with all that kind of going on, very, very cool stuff. What made you want to leave? Um. <laughs> <laughs> You have so, your own YouTube channel. I know that. We've and I'd yeah. love to plug that here uh, as well. You sure. mentioned you want to do that more. So what and teach more. So yeah. So yeah. So here's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, without going into confidential stuff and all that, because games okay. are confidential all the time. But here's the thing. Uh, Dice is an incredible company to work for, um, and they are really good at what they do. Um, but obviously, you know, because they're such a big company, they have a very structured environment, right? Cool. So that was one part of the thing. And some things, some things I agree with, some things I didn't agree with, but that goes for everybody in every job. It works for everybody. The other side stuff that started happening was my YouTube channel. And I started seeing that after all these years, and this might sound cheesy, but I'm like, I kind of like, I'm starting to take more pleasure from helping others gotcha. and leaving a lasting impression than to shipping a game that people will forget in about gotcha, a year gotcha. or two, right? As awesome as that is, right? But, you know, it's, it's just basically like a little splash and then people move on to the next thing. Gotcha. But if you were to help somebody in their animation journey and it genuinely makes a difference, uh-huh. they will take that with you forever. Like, right. you know, Jason with me. That's just going to say, that's what I'm taking my head. Jason Ryan exactly. helped you out there. Yeah. And I'll never forget it. It is the reason why I want to help people, right? So this is basically what started happening. So having those two things happening at the same time made me start, start thinking <clears throat> about maybe I want to start working on my own thing creating my own team and hopefully kind of a like putting together both things gotcha creativity of game making but also surround myself with people that some i can make better but also some will make me better right right they complement me right so if i can make those two things happen at the same place in the same time I believe, maybe I'm crazy, but I believe that we can make something really amazing, really astounding, right? Very so cool. we don't have any walls anymore. Remove the walls and then let the creativity take over. Yeah. That is basically, in the end, what made me believe, leave because then Build a Rocket Boy came along and said, come over and be our animation director and we want to make animations really cool and unique. So, so you know, uh, again, maybe I'm throwing this off the cuff. So if you can't talk about it, can't talk about it. Um, what is the design there at uh, Built Rocket Boy? It, Build Rocket is Boy. it mobile? Is it um, uh, computer? Is it console? Is it, what are you guys? What is well, the goal? The goal is a super secretive project, so I have I'm not going to be able to say very much. That's but, what I kind of figures. That's why yeah, I preface my, <laughs> my exactly. asking that way. But but the information that is out there is that it's definitely going to be a AAA game. It's definitely okay. going to be a, like a super ambitious project, right? And I can attest to that. Definitely going to be a super ambitious project. And I think it's going to be a massive splash. It's going to do a massive splash whenever it comes out. 
um, is, has very original ideas in it. And I think uh, he's answering a lot of the questions that people are asking out there, which is pretty cool. Cool. Um, yeah. So that is basically what it is. And yeah, Build Rocket Boy was like uh, founded and created by Leslie Benzies, which is one of the main th- three guys that actually were behind the GTA series at Rockstar. Okay. Uh, so he decided to leave and then created Build a Rocket Boy. And then when we had a chat, he basically said, Harvey, like, you know, I want what you actually are saying, which is because I, I told him, like, I want to come to a place that makes a difference. Right. There's so much more that we can achieve in animation and games. We're just scratching the surface. So let's, gotcha. let's do it. And he basically went, let's do it. Come on. Sold. So that's killer, you know, man. That's very, very cool. Well, best and, of luck to you on that in, endeavor. Uh, but I also want to plug your uh, your YouTube channel. Where can people find you? Your social media is um, youtube.com slash Harvey Newman. All right. Or or just Google me, Harvey Newman. You'll All be right. able to find it as and, well. Uh, and what is your uh, premise, you know, for those that are listening or watching for your YouTube channel? Well, um, teaching people um, how gameplay animation actually works that's basically the premise that i started with so i teach animation just generically but i also teach what goes on behind games um and then i try to kind of like give give people like an insight on what gameplay animators do right gotcha. um i kind of felt for a long period of time that uh, animation in games is very much like dark magic no one really knows exactly how it works they just know it does <laughs> so I, I wanted to unveil things a little bit right and be like look these are the things that are different between a film like a film animator vfx animator right, and a right. gameplay animator sorry um so this is basically what the youtube kind of like uh became but you know through the journey of this YouTube um, channel, which has been like nearly three years now, which is I'm really uh, thankful for. Um, I have also realized that people sometimes they need mental support or like, you know, uh, advice, I should say, um, on their journey. And uh, I did a few videos that I remember I was incredibly, incredibly uh, stressed about uh, talking about for example, the reality of being a, an animator, right? Okay. And and I I kind of like that was my first one, and it's still my biggest video to, to this day. Um, and I wanted to basically say, here's the positives, but here's the negatives of anim- of animation, right? That's great. And and I think in our industry, like because things are so secretive in all we sign NDAs all <laughs> over, right? <laughs> and you can say anything about anything. And people have a tendency to kind of like, and because it's so hard to get in, you have a tendency to just then cocoon yourself and be like, okay, this is just part of the journey. And we talk amongst ourselves one-on-one, right. but we don't put our dirty laundry out there. <laughs> so so to me, it was like a little bit, and not too much, but a little bit of like the things that, you know, people should look out for uh, positive and negative about gotcha. the different types of animation, film, VFX and gameplay. Right, right. Um, and I was incredibly nervous about this video coming out. I was like, I'm going to go to, to work tomorrow. And people will be like, you have been fired, sir. Shame. Shame. Grab your stuff. Shame. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you consider yourself an animator? <laughs> what are you doing? Um, but no, the reaction was was incredible. And I'm thankful for everybody that actually kind of supported me and commented. That's on that awesome. And it kind of gave me a little bit of like, you know, lift on my wings in terms of like, maybe I should be talking about more, some more of this stuff. And, and I have so far, I've been kind of like, you know, in part 
giving a little piece of reality about the industry, but in another about look, talking about some of the stuff that, you know, it's difficult in games, for example. Right, right. Talking about crunch or talking about, for example, um, game fans kind of bullying game developers. That is another thing that happens. When gotcha. the game comes out because they pay the, for the game, they pay so much, they they kind of take it personally. And they gotcha. go to Twitter account and start saying bad things about it and all that stuff, right? Gotcha. As if, as if you know them. Um, so things like that, that kind of like hopefully gives people a reality check by the time they start their career, they'll know about it. Right. No, and I, I love that you said that reality check because there's I think it's a different, that's a difference between airing your dirty laundry, ranting, yeah. And the actual, just, this is the reality of it. This is the truth. This yeah. is what happens here. And that's why I kind of go back to when I mentioned, I appreciate you talking about your journey, that it wasn't, you know, overnight. Yeah. There, there's a process here. And I, and I hope that people realize that, you know, we've got talented, talented guys and gals like you who teach here at iAnimate. So that yeah. way our students are getting the best. But again, like you mentioned as well, everyone learns at a different pace. Everyone learns different things. And so you just go, don't, think that just because I've taken some workshops, I'm, you know, who, why, why am I not getting all the higher, right now? you know, exactly a, the process, how much time are you putting into it? You know? Um, and that's the reality of our art form period, whether it be in games it feature or VFX. Exactly. Exactly. No, you're completely right, Larry. And, you know, it's not only subjective, but it's also difficult for you to get an opportunity. Sometimes you can be more talented than anybody that is getting hired right now. Gotcha. But it's just like the right people are not looking at your stuff. Right, right, and right. You need a little bit of luck as well to get in, mate, because at least in games, like a lot of studios are looking for a specific type of animator for a specific project at a specific time. Right. So unless you fit in one day in that window <laughs> and you, you know, you send your showreel at that specific time. Yeah. Uh, then you don't not getting the job. Right. 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 So, right. so yeah, so I really yeah. appreciate that. It's difficult. Well, Harvey, I really appreciate your time. This has been a fun and very cool podcast. It's nice Likewise. to see you face to face. You know, I know I've worked with you here, getting things set up for our workshop where you teach, but uh, it's been nice to see you face to face and chat with you. So uh, again, yeah. thank you for your time. Uh, thank you, Larry. I appreciate you setting up everything for me because I know you, you do a lot of stuff. Yeah. With you <laughs> and, uh, and just so everyone up there is just like, yeah, Animate is absolutely brilliant. So if you guys are on the fence of joining, definitely join us because uh, the people here are incredibly talented. Awesome. All right. Well, with that, yeah. we are out. All right.